Over the past century, collective humanity has taken some monumental leaps forward in our knowledge and understanding, and that, of course, has benefited our lives in all kinds of ways. Because of advances in medicine and healthcare, our quality of life has increased, premature deaths have greatly decreased, new technology has brought us much closer together, it's transformed the way that we communicate and access information. Transportation is much faster, safer, more accessible. We, now have, we can now visit places all over the globe that people throughout most of history would never even dreamed of. Quality education is also much more accessible for people all over the globe, and the list goes on and on and on. So here is my question. With all of this positive development, why is the world still in such a mess? Why is there still so much conflict and injustice, so many people suffering from insecurity and anxiety and purposelessness? It's a really important question. How is it possible that we can make such great advances in our knowledge and our resources and yet be so lost and unhappy? I want to suggest that one answer to that question is that we have become experts in only a certain kind of knowledge, intellectual, head knowledge, which of course has a place, an important place, but it's limited. The human intellect can only penetrate so far into the human condition. It does not understand the more mysterious, profound dimensions of human life, like love and joy, suffering, forgiveness, sacrifice, all the things that ultimately matter in life, or all the things that, that determine the quality of our life. We see an example of this playing out today in our second reading, St. Paul He's talking about the crucified Christ as the wisdom of God. He's saying, hey, look, here is the revelation of God's heart on full display. Here is um, the, the, the clearest image, the clearest witness of, of God's love, of God's goodness. He was saying something deeply profound, but... The pagans just didn't get it. In fact, they thought that what Paul was saying was crazy because, you see, they couldn't get their heads around this idea of a God who would become powerless, a God who would suffer and ultimately die. You see, there is only so far the human intelligence can go. That's why we need a different kind of knowledge if we're truly to live well. And that's what I want to reflect a little on today. A few weeks back, I introduced this homily series for Lent, and I shared uh, about the first time I went scuba diving. You might remember, when I was deep on the ocean floor, I suddenly uh, was exposed to this awesome, beautiful, stunning world, coral and fish, and, you know, which I, I, didn't never, I never knew existed until I got there, right? And, and I offered that as a helpful analogy for the presence of God, the life that is available deep within us. I suggested that the, the whole point of our spirituality is to take us on a journey deep into that place that we call the heart 
or, or the soul. Because it's there. And it's ultimately only there. It's not here. It's not in books. It's not by listening to homilies. It's ultimately only there that we start to discover a whole new world, a new knowledge, new possibilities for our life. Jesus was constantly pointing us towards this deeper knowledge in his teaching, to a, a dimension of life that he sometimes called the kingdom of God or, or the Holy Spirit or the treasure that's hidden in the field or the pearl of great price. He's always talking about a similar thing, this deep dimension, this knowledge that we, we don't so much process with our intellect, but we experience it, we, we encounter it in our hearts as we open ourselves to God's love. That's what this knowledge is ultimately. It's, it's ultimately an, an experience, an encounter with perfect love. Jesus emphasised this deeper knowing because he knew that it's only there that we truly discover who God is and who we are. It's only there that we are healed and set free. It's only there that we find peace and hope in the midst of our suffering and despair. It's only there that we hear the voice of God leading us and guiding us through life. Jesus knew that it's this knowledge, this deep knowledge, that makes all the difference to our experience of life. And we see some evidence of that today in our psalmist. I want you to listen to the psalmist. He's, he's reflecting on his own encounter with this this. Um, presence of God within this, this deeper knowledge, right? He calls it the law, right? And, and by law, yes, he, he would be talking about the law of God as is written in the Ten Commandments, as we heard in the first reading, but, but he's also talking about the law that God writes on his heart, yeah? He says, he says sharing his experience of encountering this, this deeper knowledge, yeah? And he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, it revives the soul. It gladdens the heart. It gives light to the eyes. He says, it's sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. It's this abiding presence of God deep within where we discover ultimately everything that we're, we're really desiring and looking for in life. And we're in the midst of a homily series that we're calling uh, Living Faith. And, and the basic message of this series is that we cannot enter into this deeper world, into this deeper knowledge, this spiritual knowledge, through our own efforts, through our own perfection, right? We cannot do it. The only way that we can access that deep place is through our faith. And and we're not just talking about intellectual belief in God, yeah? We're talking about a faith that is embodied, a faith that we live out, a faith like Abraham who, who took one step of trust at a time. It's faith that will lead us into that deep place. And this, this brings me to the, the main point I want to make today. When we look to Abraham or we look to the psalmist today, or we look to any other great model of faith, Mary, the saints, 
there's one thing that is very evident in all of them, and that is that they did not rely on their own understanding. They didn't trust in themselves. They were constantly open and obedient to a wisdom, to a knowledge, to a life that was beyond themselves. And do you know why they, they were like that? It's because they, they knew something that is so, so important for the spiritual life. It's so important if we want to get close to God. Here's what they knew. They knew that their life was not their own. They knew that they did not exist as their own individual reality, but they were part of a much bigger whole. That there was a bigger life being lived through them, and that was the life of God. This is a super profound shift in paradigm to how we perhaps ordinarily think. I think it's fair to say that most of the time we do not think that way. We tend to think that our life is our own, don't we? That I am my own reality, that my life is up to me. So if you want to deepen in God, perhaps the first thing to be praying for is the awareness that you are merely participating in a much bigger mystery, which we call God. That your life is not your own. It's, it's God that's being lived through you. It's only then that we can start realising that what really matters is not what we think, but what God thinks. It's not our plans, but it's God's plans. This was the secret of the saints. They knew that the, the way to live their fullest life was to collaborate with what God was already doing, to be open to a wisdom that was greater than their own. I want to suggest to you today that this is the, the kind of faith that will open us up to the, this deeper world to this deeper spiritual knowledge and understanding this is the faith that will revive our soul and gladden our heart and give light to our eyes as the psalmist shares today but it does bring us to a bit of an issue that we all face and the issue is that it's often hard to tap into this deeper world it's often hard to know how God is leading us because we are so often stuck on the surface of life, aren't we? We're so often trapped in our own thoughts, in our own fears, in our own feelings. And so I want to end today by briefly describing a type of prayer that will help us take that journey out of here and into here, yeah, out of, out of the head where we often get consumed and trapped and, and afraid, is so limited into this, this superabundant world of the heart and the soul where God dwells. This is the type of prayer we call contemplative and it's more of a prayer of the heart than a prayer of the head. I want to talk about it using this image of the iceberg, which uh, you've probably seen some version of before. It comes from the world of psychology, and, and it's used as a way of illustrating the relationship between the conscious mind, which we might call the, 
the, the, the mind up here in our head, our intellect, uh, and the unconscious mind, right? The, it's deeper down, the, the, the hidden life. The tip of the iceberg, of course, represents the conscious mind, yeah? That includes the, the thoughts, and the feelings and the, the perceptions that we are aware of, that we have access to quite easily. This is, of course, the part of the mind that we tend to spend most, if not all, of our time in. Yeah, what's conscious. The much larger part of the iceberg lies underneath the surface of the water. And this represents the unconscious minds, the thoughts and the feelings, the desires, the memories that are not easily available to our conscious awareness, but they still have a great influence over us, a tremendous influence over our thoughts, over our decisions, over our emotions. And one of the goals of psychology is to become more aware of our unconscious content and how it influences our conscious lives. Yeah? I share that model because I want to highlight that a very similar thing should be happening in our prayer. Our prayer should also be taking us beyond our small conscious world, our thoughts, our preoccupations, that, 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 that part of our mind where we are usually in the place of God and, and take us into the abundance of our heart. Fundamentally, that's really what prayer is about, taking us out of, out of here into here. The mystics and the saints over the centuries, they, they didn't use this term unconscious, but, but they did suggest that God dwells deep within. It's often in our hidden interior, as messy and confusing as it may be, that God's light penetrates most strongly. It's there that God is loving us and wanting to heal us and bring clarity and hope and peace. The key task of our spiritual life is to get out of here and into here. And that does take faith. It does take faith because it's going to be a bit scary moving outside our comfort zone, yeah? We're normally sort of in control up here, but it's a scary world down here because we've you know, often pushed lots of stuff down. And we don't want to go in there and have a look what's there, right? It's, it takes faith. It takes courage. But unless we learn to move beyond our conscious mind, we cannot really go far in the spiritual life. We will not change. We will not transform unless we enter that deep world. This is why contemplative prayer is so important, because it helps us to bypass this and enter into the heart space. Now, Please refrain from doing it now if you can. But in the bulletin, um, we've, we've given you a few methods for contemplative prayer that you can practice at home. Right? One of those methods is called Lectio Divina. You've probably heard of it. Divine reading. Right? And, and basically that prayer, um, that method is about just taking a few words from Scripture and repeating them, sitting with them, allowing them to kind of enter into your world and take you to a deeper place, yeah? So this world, this, this prayer kind of starts here, but it ends in the heart. This week I was praying Lectio Divina myself, and I was praying with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Yeah, you know that one? That's the only line I was praying with, and I, I, I just started my prayer repeating it gently, just allowing those words to, to kind of sink in, to, 
to engage with my inner world. Yeah? And after a while, saying, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want, there's nothing I shall want. And then it suddenly dawned on me, actually, God, there, there are some things I want. And um, so why aren't you satisfying those wants? And I spoke to God about that. I engaged with God about that. I shared my wants with him, my desires, my, you know, um, how, how it felt not to have them satisfied. And then after a while I let that go and I just sat. My, 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 my prayer went from sort of here, engaging with the word, the scripture, and then engaging with God to just sitting with God, with my desires, and just allowing God to be there with me. It's a bit contemplative, prayer of the heart. Now, after I f- finished that time of prayer, I didn't come away with any blinding revelations, right? I didn't have any answers as to why God hadn't yet fulfilled those deep desires of my heart. But I did come away with a much deeper sense of peace. I did come away with a, a, a new hope uh, even in the midst of my unmet desires, my unmet wants. Because for a moment in that prayer time, for a moment, I touched into a deeper reality, the deep abundance of God's love and compassion within me. And it was that connection that made all the difference. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.